Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Welcome to the Nerd Party. Hi, this is Nick Anastasiu, story editor on Star Wars The Clone Wars and Star Wars Bad Batch. And you are listening to Aggressive Negotiations. That is correct. You are here tuning into the transmission from Aggressive Negotiations, the Star Wars podcast that looks at things from different angles all over the galaxy far, far away. I am Jedi Master John Mills. I am joined by the esteemed Jedi Master, Matthew Rushing. Matt, are you ready for another one of our Bad Batch commentaries today? I am so ready. I cannot wait to be back on Ryloth as we're going to be picking up where we left off from the previous episode. Uh, And yeah, this was, uh, I remember just, you know, being back in this series one uh, and so excited that we were visiting Hera and her family and this situation on Ryloth. And so I'm more than excited to be back in it with them. And we are excited to have you with us. And you can find us on social media at the Jedi Masters on Twitter. You can find the network as the Nerd Party on Facebook and Instagram. And of course, we invite you to reach out to us at thenerdparty.com slash contact. All of that said, I'm excited to get to Season 1, Episode 12, Rescue on Ryloth. So let's just go ahead and get to it. And I'm going to count us down. If you don't know how these commentaries work, come on now. Come on. If this is your first one that you're ever listening to, just as a brief reminder, you don't have to be watching the episode with us. We try to make this accessible, even if you're just listening in your car as you're trapped in traffic and you don't understand why the person in front of you is going so much slower than the speed limit. We'll try to get you through that. We'll try to get you there. You can picture what's going on. Theater of the mind right here. Or if you're pairing with us, this is where this part comes in is the countdown and saying the word play. We're all on Disney Plus because they won't give us our 4K Blu-rays of this because that's just dumb. So I'm going to say three, two, one, play. When I say the word play, trust me. I mean this from my heart of hearts. It means I hit play. It means Matt hit play. It means you should hit play. So I'm going to count us down, starting with three. Three, two, one, play. And here we go. Starting off with all of the fantastic things that we can expect from a Disney Plus original. Every time you, our, somebody says that, you know, all I think of is the Joker. And here we go. That's right. Here we go. And <laughs> what a go it's going to be. We had everything teed up in Devil's Deal. And now we know that this is going to be the follow-through swing. And so it's always exciting when we proceed with a bad batch story as to what that follow-through swing is going to be like Mm -hmm. doesn't that like city kind of like look like a shark's mouth open oh it does it does which is very fitting naturally 
because we're dealing with, uh, you know, with our Disney villain Rampart walking through the joint. I love this too because, uh, you know, I think one of the things that this truly sets up so well uh, here with the Bad Batch is the way in which the Empire is going to use every single incident to their benefit. They're going Mm -hmm. to find a way to twist it into their benefit, which is something that's going to continue to play out throughout this season, throughout next season. And then, of course, that's exactly what the Empire and the Emperor do throughout its entire run. And I just love that this show is really giving us that piece as they work to take over Ryloth here. Well, what I love, and this is this is due to the the animators, due to the storyboarders, due to everybody along every step of the way. We know as Star Wars fans that clones have been bred to be loyal, to follow orders. And seeing the facial expressions of a clone, somebody bred to simply take whatever order they're given, see the face fall, see the questioning that's going on internally of what am I doing here? Why am I doing this? That tells you exactly, that speaks more volumes than anything else about while we can sit there and we can say, oh, well, you know, the Empire just took what the Republic was, blah, 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 blah. No, the Empire is something different because the clones never question serving mm-hmm. in the Republic. But you have clones who are older who are visibly questioning what it means to serve the Empire instead. Right. Well, and, and and what's interesting here, too, is that that's what the Empire still wants from the clones, which is mm-hmm. unwavering service. Mm-hmm. And yet we are seeing many of the clones asking questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that is not what the Empire wants. And so I, I really appreciate that. And of course, now we've got Crosshair's group here, and they're the ones that are on the lookout for Hera, which is terrifying for all of us because you know crosshair has no compulsion about shooting somebody on site which of course we know is not going to happen because hair is still alive and rebels but still like if you this is your first star wars series as a kid or whatever you don't know that right and even if you know that hera is going to survive with oh my you know listen another marauder appreciation statement i can't can't get over this ship i really can't i it's it's dumb i know it's dumb and and we we have omega working on our gonk droid trying to again with a little character moment establish how far she's going how far she's come she's she's building these skills she's taking in these skills this is a tech-based skill where she's sitting there working on the droid or you know you could even say it's an echo-based thing where it's interfacing with technology but she's interfacing in a very human way the way luke does the way anakin does with technology recognizing the sort of symbiosis that exists there and having her right in the middle of everything um you know making that emotional plea. No. People need help. 
Yeah. You can't just turn your blind eyes. It's, it's the same thing that, that Anakin says at the dinner table. Yep. Right? Like, you got to help people. Yep. And but that's Omega's right argument, isn't it? Like, yeah. isn't that what soldiers do? We're supposed to help people? Like, if they call and they need help, aren't we supposed right. to be there? Isn't that our job? Yeah. Which yeah. is so interesting because, you know, of course, with her relationship here with the clones, she has taken on the mantle of so many of their best qualities, right? Which is mm-hmm. what makes her such an interesting character here, I think, in the show, um, because the same way Ahsoka does that with Obi-Wan and with Anakin taking their best qualities, Omega is really kind of doing that with the entire squad here. She's taking their best qualities and merging them into herself. And then when she challenges them, what she's really challenging them is with a mirror of themselves. Well, I'll, I'll sum it up as, as saying it this way, that um, kids are really good at calling bull S on your <laughs> minor hypocrisies throughout this is true. life. Where you're like, this oh, is true. Crap. Yeah, yeah, you're right, kid. You know, the other thing we didn't talk about last time and that I really love about what they're doing uh, here is that, you know, when you're on Ryloth, all of the Twi'leks have that French accent, which Mm -hmm. I love that they, with so many of these different races, they tried to use different accents to differentiate them from other species. Like the Pantorans have a New New Zealand accent, um, which I think is great. And so uh, it's, it's really cool that they utilize those ideas to try and create the sense that these people don't all sound the same. And and I, I acknowledge that point. I gotta love the fact that you have a crowd scene with a bunch of probe droids. Just that sense of constant yes. surveillance, which boy isn't relatable at all to the modern day. Oh no, it isn't, no. Matt. That idea no. that you're always on camera, always being watched, always being monitored for every little tiny blip that might go against what people expect you to behave like. That is completely foreign. What a crazy sci-fi concept. Well, and I think that's kind of the beauty of so much of what, you know, Star Wars does, the prequels have done, the original trilogy, everything here is, you know, by being able to mirror uh, the, what we see in our world today, but what we've seen throughout history, uh, classic literary themes, of course, you know, going all the way back to something like 1984, these are all the things that the Empire represents. And yeah, it's it's very terrifying to actually see that in person. You know, I love the fact that when they're skulking around, just in the body language, you can tell that Wrecker, I mean, he's the one that's like, oh, we just fly in and blow it up, right? Like, Wrecker is, he even looks uh, uncomfortable trying to sneak around. Mm-hmm. You can tell he's yeah. the one that just wants to punch the door down and just get in the fight sort of thing. And, um, and you know, there, there you go. You have the probe droid that is the reminder. There is no hidden corner in this world anymore. Mm-hmm. Everything is under surveillance. Yeah. Which is such a great representation and a, and a microcosm of what's happening across the entire galaxy. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's one of the beauties of the Bad Batch as a series is that as we're telling these stories and we're kind of focusing around the Bad Batch, you know, a story like this helps us get a picture of, yeah, this is happening on Ryloth, but this is happening on 
many other systems throughout the galaxy right now as the empire oh, yeah. slowly takes control. Yeah. And that's, uh, you know, that again, getting to the batch understands why champs and doula is a threat, why he's being persecuted. And Hera is the one that, that makes it very succinct where she basically says, I don't care that he's my dad. I can't, I love him. I, I don't want anything bad to happen to him. And it, it, it again gets to that whole thing of that is what can be so easily manipulated. That's the leverage is your kid's love for you and your love for your kids is something, any emotional attachment. It's not just parental child relationship. Any emotional attachment can be leveraged by an authoritarian regime to make you fall in line. You care about what happens to somebody. Well, we don't have to hurt you. We can hurt somebody you care about. That'll remind you to stay in line, not mm-hmm. to do anything out of, out of sorts. I also really love the fight that they're having there where Hunter doesn't see a way that they can do this and all live. And Omega's like, she's doing this for her family. I'd do the same for you. And mm-hmm. there's this switch that is happening here with Clone Force 99 where they aren't just being forced to think as soldiers, but they're being able to f- they're being forced to think relationally, which is different for them. And Omega is the one who's kind of forcing that on them because they've created this emotional attachment with her and they would do anything to get her back. Right. And Mm -hmm. so I think there's just this wonderful kind of pivot for them in the way that they think, which is what makes these so special uh, as stories. Mm hmm. I like the fact that um, that that crosshair can be manipulated so easily by Rampart mm-hmm. as to say, oh, I'll find somebody who can do your job. And there's that individual pride. It doesn't matter to him anymore. He's like, oh, fine. I'll I'll prove to you that I can do all of this. And it it even though Hauser is pretty much ready to jump ship at this point. All that Crosshair can see is a threat to his his primacy, to his ability, to his standing. And I think that's an important moment because it makes him stand out so much from the rest of the batch, who are all about playing their strengths for the benefit of everybody. Right. It it almost makes me want to have some sort of short story or books about the batch prior to this where crosshair was always that one where they're like dude stop like it doesn't matter about what your personal record is or anything like that we're all a team right and hauser asking the question Mm -hmm. you know you attacked an imperial convoy what did you think would happen you know that it's it's that's the that's the classic sort of um equivocation you can have Right. That that's just like when I get yeah. in the, the 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 discussion with somebody where they're they're like, Oh, well, what do you care? What do you have to hide? It's like it's not that I have anything to hide, it's the principle of the thing. Right. You know, like, oh, what did you think was going to happen? It doesn't matter what I thought was gonna happen. I was doing something that was necessary, that was good. I was trying to help my kid, you know, because that that's their whole thing is like we had no choice. We had to do what we did. 
And, uh, you know. I also, one thing I got to mention, every time I'm watching any of these animated shows, I just think, I wish in the live action they could make the Laku look this good. I agree. I mean, because as much as I love the Mandalorian, they never look right. They always look like styrofoam on their head. And it's so, it's, yeah. Well, I, see, this is the thing. It's like going all the way back to Return of the Jedi, right? It's, I think the trick, if I were to offer a tip, and I don't have any standing whatsoever, is if I were designing those, those um, I say Leku, you say Leku, I would put weights in them. Yeah, yeah. At the bottom, because that would make them behave in such a way that I would expect. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I would design them to have like an extra five pounds down at the tip that would make them flop around a little bit. Mm -hmm. Now, the problem is the actor or actress that was wearing them yeah. might wind That's up with true. some bruises yeah. on their shoulder blades and their pecs. But, you know, it's the price you got to pay for a performance sometimes, you know, just saying. I love, too, that they are able to come up with the plan, and Wrecker was like, that's the plan I had. And they're like, right. not quite. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little bit different. No, 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 no. I said, let's go in and blow things up. You know what's so fun about this episode, too, and especially for the fans who have watched you know, the Rebels series, is getting to watch Chopper in action again, uh, because he's just such a fun droid. But see, that, 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 in and of itself, Chopper sneaking in to be in the line of the droids, for instance. The camera, the decision to have the camera look like it has trouble tracking him because mm -hmm. he's moving so erratically, that lends itself so much to putting you as the viewer into the scene to make it feel more real. I look at this. I know this is animation. Yeah, I'm looking at it. I, it's obviously it's it's animated, but those camera movements and the position choices and the focus pulls, all of the stuff we've talked about up to this point, that is what makes it feel like I should be invested in what's happening. I believe I'm animated now. I'm mm -hmm. looking at the world through a real lens. Yep. I I love this too. I just I to me it, it warms my heart to watch Omega just make plans on the fly. Mm -hmm. And again, I think one of the beauties of this is the way in which you can see how much this character has grown just <laughs> over these few episodes, right? And she truly has embraced who she is meant to be. Yes. And again, camera motion... Because what we're watching right now, you know, is Hera and Omega trying to sneak into a thing. Camera placement. Again, it looks like somebody walking past a mark as yep. a foreground yeah. character and Omega peeking out and them sneaking up a ramp. This is all so key to getting a, it's a visual language that everybody understands at a very primal level. If you've watched so much as one television show mm -hmm. or one movie, you understand what the camera is telling you. And it just, it, it, it makes you go in there and then seeing Hera start to pilot. If you're a longtime fan, this is the moment where you say, 
Yay! And yep. if you're a brand new fan, it's just a fun adventure to be on. Well, yeah, like you said, just watching her really <laughs> get behind the stick for the first time, you know, yep. uh, and learn to fly uh, and not do a great job here at the beginning. It, it was it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's a great origin story for this character. And just even looking at the shuttle design. And I, I know a lot of this stuff, you know, we got Clone Wars carryovers, we got the we got the blah 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 blah. But the Imperial stuff, even the flying machines look less sleek. They look more boxy, they look more heavy, they look unwieldy. And then you see the Marauder flying and you see a very sleek, mm-hmm. beautiful, artistic type of yeah. ship. And it 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 swerves, it sweeps, it it moves. Whereas the other one is just sort of lumbering through the air. It doesn't really want to be there. It wants to be a box sitting on the ground, but you can force it to go. Sort of like a A10 warthog, honestly. Mm-hmm. No, that's good. That's a good pull. I I really enjoy just the whole aspect of this plan too, because it is kind of insane. You know, this is like, um, you know, we were talking to a friend of ours uh, in a chat today and it's, it's, it's an A-team like plan, right? Uh, mm-hmm. And not everything is going to plan, but they're, they're trying to make it work as much as possible. And I, the, the action in this episode, the way it's being <laughs> edited together and everything is fantastic. <laughs> and a great line, you're dangerous and you know, they're dangerous and erratic fly. You know, just the idea that like uh, text comment about how her flying is so erratic and dangerous and nonsensical that it's confusing mm-hmm. reminds me. I played my uncle one time who was like a, a chess champ type of guy. He was an amazing chess champ. I had no idea what I was doing. And so we, since we use the timers that you use in chess, I, battled him to uh you know whatever you call it standstill you know a draw specifically because he couldn't make sense of what i was doing he was trying to see what gambit i was playing and all it was was i was just throwing whatever was there to try to slow him down and we ran out of time and it was like huh and so it's like Harris flying would have an effect because the people manning the guns meaning mm-hmm. all the emplacements are like what what are they what are they doing right now what what am I watching? What's happening? I I love this whole scene as Hauser lets them know you're about to walk into a trap. I'm here mm-hmm. to help you, even though I know it looks like you can't trust me. You have to trust me. And it's mm-hmm. just such a great moment because it 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 cements the whole reason that George did the Clone Wars in the way that it was done where the clones became real people to us, you know, they became mm-hmm. real characters and to watch them struggle through all of the emotions that they have now because of Order 66 and some of them coming out of that is a, such a compelling story. You know, mm-hmm. and I every time they do it, I respond to it. It doesn't matter how many times you see the story. 
I'm still responding to it, even in, you know, season two. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the idea that Crosshair is sitting there waiting to assassinate his former team. Mm-hmm. I mean, how sick is that? How twisted is that? These people that not only are you clone brother to, but you served with for so long, you're willing to turn on them and assassinate them. Well, and this is but exactly Hauser, what Howards are saying, right? Yeah. Hauser's sitting there and saying, I won't do this. Who's going to stand with me? And just knowing that these clones, even these clones that don't have personalized armor, these clones that that are just the, the basic flat white clones, even they can see something isn't right. Mm-hmm. Underscores exactly how twisted Crosshair is. Yeah. And I think that's the terrifying thing is that... Ooh. The brainwashing can go so far. Yes, and I'm sorry to cut you off, but the the scene where they fly off and Crosshair is looking up and Hunter is looking back calls to mind, it's a little bit different, but calls to mind the end of Solo when they can't really see each other and Kira and Han are looking and you know that they're trying to see each other and there's this gulf between them that they can't cross but it speaks to their basic humanity that there's something about them that they wish they could. I do love this too, is that, you know, you, you've got jam and his wife and they're like, no, our, our people need us. We have to go back and fight. I I wanted war to be over. We talked about that in the last episode that he, he wanted to believe that war would be over so much. And yet Mm -hmm. they're not. It's not, and he has to face the reality now that, no, we're we're in another war, and it's got to be fought. We can't sit on the sidelines, which yeah. is, again, something that's kind of a message that's kind of been getting thrown at Clone Force 99 over and over again, and this episode kind of pushed them just a little bit closer to that in the sense that Omega's like, we're soldiers. We help. That's what we do. And I I really love the way that this season has been slowly building towards those ideas to mm-hmm. push these clones to get to the point of like, well, what are they going to do? What is their action? What is their uh, commitment to the rest of the galaxy going to be? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And going back to the base and all of the carnage, all of the destruction that's there and giving that moment again to Rampart. He's such a, I, I don't know if you tell me if we need to, uh, to bleep this, but as much as I dislike Crosshair, Rampart's a bastard. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, I agree. Like, I, do, I, yeah. I, I can't recall the last animated series I've watched where I really hated a character, like mm-hmm. the, the, the antagonist character. Yeah. What I, I think hated is, him. is great, though, is that, you know, this leads into Crosshair being given the okay to hunt them down because mm-hmm. they are becoming a menace to the Empire. And it's it's such a great pivot point because these two episodes set the stage for the rest of this season and what they're mm-hmm. going to face. And it's it's so good. I'm just loving it so much watching through this first season again. And, you know, you mentioned it at the beginning. We mentioned it before. But goodness, please, somebody, please give us the 4K versions of this so I can pop the disc in and enjoy the incredible work that these animators put into this show because it's a hundred percent gorgeous a hundred percent of the time. But then Disney plus can't gather the marketing information that they need so desperately to know what to serve in the algorithm and sell your data to other services that are out there so they can make pennies on your identity, Matthew rushing. But if people could just make $40 off of my purchase of a 4k set, (laughs) Oh, but that's not as valuable. That is not as valuable, my friend. Trust me, take it from somebody in marketing. We just want your data because we sell it to everybody else. Uh, We don't. I don't. I'm just saying. That's what might happen. Anyway, uh, Mr. Rushing, Jedi Master Rushing, if people wish to reach out to you out there in the wild space of social media, online, elsewhere, where can they find you? Well, I am all over the place under the moniker Matt Rushing02, Twitter, Instagram, Letterboxd, Faro. Of course, I am here on the network with a completed show I did with Dre Kaufman. It's called Owl Post, talking about every single chapter of the Harry Potter series. Uh, you can also find me on the TFM network. I'm doing a bunch of shows there. One is called The 602 Club, uh, which is a general geek show about all of the fandoms we love. Got a couple bonus shows there that John and I do together, Assembling Avengers and Snyder Cuts. And then I'm doing Literary Treks, The Orb, Warp 5, Saddle Up, and The Artificial Tango. But John, where can people catch up with you? Nobody would like to do that, Matt. It's a foolish idea to catch up with me, but I am Kessel Junkie out there in the wilds of the internet. K-E-S-S-E-L-G-U-N-K-I-E. Go ahead and reach out to me if you want to. I might ignore you. I might not. I don't know. I don't know. I'm a fickle kind of guy. But you can find me right here on the network co-hosting a show called House Lights where we look at the work of directors with Tristan Riddell and Darren Moser. But... I would say that this has been a successful rescue on Ryloth, Master Rushing, so it is time to close these negotiations. John, negotiations are closed. Join the revolution. Join the nerd party. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.